Chapter 18, verse 1 At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Carnality once again, they are jockeying for positions, they are thinking in terms of wealth, in terms of prestige, in terms of privilege, and yet, in reality, they should have been humbling themselves. They should have been thinking more on the lines of service rather than to be served. Look at verse 2. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Once again, the Lord is no respect to a person's, and here his disciples are being rebuked. This child, this boy from verse 2, I believe, is one of Peter's children. From chapter 17, verse 25, we find the Lord preventing Peter from entering the house. That house, I believe, was Peter's home, and I believe this child here from verse 2 is one of Peter's children. This underlines my hypothesis once again that Peter wasn't only the oldest apostle hence why he gets a lot of special briefings but that he was also one of the weakest apostles hence why the Lord spends special time with him and here he's using Peter's own child to demonstrate true humility because I believe from verse 1 that Peter was one of those disciples jockeying for positions wanting to know who would be the greatest and the Lord takes one of Peter's children right from under his feet and says this is what it takes to become great in the kingdom of heaven i.e. your own child a very loving and a very clever rebuke from the Lord himself for whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven and whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Old Testament scripture fulfilled on Palm Sunday with Jesus Christ. When we go out on the streets we are ambassadors for Christ. But in the eyes of the Lord we are his children, we are childlike. 6. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. To cause a Bible believer to stumble is the equivalent to being thrown into the sea. The Lord is angry with the wicked every day. He hates all workers of iniquity. He will judge those that cause his people to stumble and if his people are put to death vengeance will fall on those people when it suits the Lord vengeance is mine saith the Lord but at the same time we are told to love our enemies we are told to do good to everyone the Lord is not willing that any should perish we live the best lives that we can we have living epistles which the world can see they can see us as walking, talking, living reflections of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. 
we try to reflect his love we try to demonstrate what he laid out in scripture through our daily lives and the world see that and they shouldn't be able to criticize us because we walk with him we don't become hypocrites we don't say one thing and do another we try to practice what we preach we aren't sinless we still fail but at the same time if we don't walk with him we are called hypocrites and when we do walk with him when we live the life that we claim to believe we are called fanatics so we can't win either way therefore we do the best we can and let the chips fall where they will 7. Woe unto the world because of offences for it must needs be that offences come but woe to that man by whom the offence cometh even through foreknowledge even through middle knowledge even though Judas Iscariot for example was spoken about from the Old Testament he will still give an account of his actions at the great white throne he had free will and by his free will he chose to do what he would do he can't escape that offences will come but you will be marked out if you cause offences there will be no escape for you at the great white throne especially if you cause a child of God to stumble even if you did it through ignorance even if you did it through fun even if it was done as a joke you will still give an account of yourself at the great white throne 8 wherefore if thy hand or thy foot offend thee cut them off and cast them from thee it is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire and if thine eye offend thee pluck it out and cast it from thee it is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire scripture with scripture Romans chapter 12 told us to renew our minds each day to mortify the flesh letterism deals with this whole subject of mutilating yourself and mutilation doesn't deal with the problem of lust it's not only a male problem it's also a female problem hence why you need to be born again and you need to put the old man to death that comes through sanctification that comes through your daily walk but letterism as I say makes it crystal clear that we don't take every verse of the Bible to be literal because if we did we would be cutting our hands off and plucking our eyes out and that doesn't negate the problem of lust that comes from within so to deal with that you need to feed your mind daily with the Word of God you need to yield yourself totally to the Holy Spirit but also keep in mind that 8 and 9 are words from the Jewish Messiah to the Jewish people living under the law he came to elevate he came to sharpen he came to fulfill the law but he also wants these people not only his apostles but vicariously those that are going to read this piece of scripture to see their sin to see their need to be saved and that's why Isaiah told us that the Messiah would sharpen the law the law is our scoremaster to bring us to Christ without him we can do nothing without him we are on death row 
but through him we can do all things we can pass from death unto life so leave eight and nine you can still apply this to an unsaved party and say this is what will happen if you don't deal with sin but don't think by applying eight and nine in a literal sense that will save you because it won't you need to be born again ten take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my father which is in heaven ye plural all of you listen to me I am saying to you don't despise one of these little ones because they have angels which are always looking at the face of the father this is very much a Jewish belief the Jews have always believed that they have guardian angels and Revelation speaks about angels being assigned to the churches the book of Hebrews tells us that if we entertain strangers sometimes a stranger could be an angel Acts of the Apostles when Peter escapes from prison and comes knocking at the door they think that it is his angel angels have always been around and this is one of the most interesting passages when it comes to the belief that the people of God have angels which are assigned to them 11 for the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost he came to save sinners not the righteous he came for the lowest of the low he came for the humble he came for those that were like children but you have to align yourself with the lowest of the low you have to see yourself as a filthy hell-bound deserving sinner and until you do that he isn't going to be of any help to you he will stand as your judge until you bend the knee and the anger of God will rest upon you until you repent 12 how think ye if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray and if so be that he find it verily I say unto you he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray it's the shepherd's job to look out for the sheep if you are one of the lords and you stray he will come for you and bring you back into the fold this is also a good piece of scripture to affirm eternal security 14 even so it is not the will of your father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish he is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance if this is the will of God that you don't perish then you won't perish when you get saved you are baptized into the body of Christ you are sealed and you are preserved your salvation depends on him not on you 15 moreover if thy brother shall trespass against thee go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone if he shall hear thee thou hast gained thy brother but if he will not hear thee then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established 
and if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. The worst case scenario when it comes to the failure to get a brother or a sister to repent is to go to the church and the church put that person out. They still love that person but they cut fellowship with that person until that person repents and then they are restored back into the church family. But 15 it starts with party A and party B and if party A sins against party B party B should go to party A and hope to call party A to repent. If that fails then the church get involved and I saw this myself some years ago I remember a woman in a church that I used to go to for a very short time anyway and during a Sunday service the pastor said such and such is living with a man and according to Matthew 18 I have to inform the church of that and according to Matthew 18 we are to put her out of the church in hope that she repents and comes back into the church that's a pretty rare thing to occur but that's what you need to do if you know somebody who is saved who is living in sin or any sin for that matter and you have confronted that party and they refuse to repent then you are to cut fellowship with that person even if you love that person even if that person is a member of your own family if that is a saved man or a saved woman if that is a professing Christian and yet they are living in sin or there is sin in their life you are to separate from that person until they repent that is mandatory 18 verily I say unto you whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven this is the same language found in Matthew 16 and also John chapter 20 in Matthew 16 the keys were given to Peter and then vicariously all of the apostles what they bind on earth is bound in heaven and what they would loose on earth is loosed in heaven in other words heaven reflects what has occurred on the earth but here this is dealing with a discipleship and b fellowship meeting together whereas in Matthew 16 that was speaking primarily about the keys opening up the kingdom of heaven allowing people to come in and be saved 19 again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask it shall be done for them of my father which is in heaven providing it's the will of God to affirm this providing the two people are walking in the spirit and are approaching this in the right manner if you go back just a couple of chapters the apostles couldn't cast out an unclean spirit due to their standing with the Lord not being right there was a problem with those apostles hence why they couldn't heal or cast out the unclean spirit but the Lord had to do it himself but here you have to be sure that you are not guilty of the same sin which you are addressing somebody else of doing much like you find in Matthew chapter 7 get the beam out of your own eye and then you can judge your brother so 
put all these verses together and you get the clearest picture as how best to apply these verses in the right manner but again also keep in mind that this is still the Jewish Messiah talking to the Jews living under the law there's no grace through faith in Christ alone yet but we can still take this and have spiritual application from it we can apply this spiritually if we need to to those of us living today in the church era 20 for where two or three are gathered together in my name there am I in the midst of them this goes back to 15 16 17 18 and 19 dealing with discipline dealing with gathering together and looking at sin as it were but I also believe in 20 it can have reference to people meeting in the name of Christ to break bread where just two or three gather together he is there in the midst of them that shows he is omnipresent which clearly underscores his deity only God can be everywhere at the same time 21 then came Peter to him and said Lord how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times verse 1 said the disciples plural were asking who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven a verse or two later a child is plucked out of the crowd and used as an analogy 21 Peter is now speaking up I believe that the Lord has had Peter in mind all along and now he's taken the initiative how often should my brother sin against me before I forgive him 22 Jesus saith unto him I say not unto thee until seven times but until seventy times seven in other words an indefinite level of forgiveness should always come from you but the guilty party has to ask for your forgiveness you aren't bound to forgive a guilty party until the guilty party asks you to forgive them and yet saying that let me say this if you are holding a grudge against somebody and that grudge is causing you to become bitter that will have an effect on your health and that will also take some of the peace from you and that could even hurt your testimony therefore it is relevant 100% it is imperative that you deal with that grudge that bitterness straight away but here this goes back to 15 16 and 17 dealing with a person who has sinned and yet won't repent you should repent if you are in the wrong and you should forgive somebody if they are in the wrong but at the same time that guilty party should be put out until they repent otherwise you have eleven leaven in the whole lump you have immorality feeding into the church like you find in first corinthians and that becomes like wildfire deal with it before the roots start to go too deep deal with it before it starts to cause a rot and you won't have to go down this road but the overall theme here is to be ready always to forgive your brother and not to become hardened 23 therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants and when he had begun to reckon one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents but forasmuch as he had not to pay 
his lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him saying lord have patience with me and i will pay thee all then the lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying pay me that thou owest and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying have patience with me and i will pay thee all and he would not but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt in brief here's a picture of somebody who wasn't really sorry to begin with he cried out to the lord with crocodile tears and the lord being a good lord forgave him the debt he should then have been able to forgive people that owed him a debt but quite the contrary he goes out even more angry and more fierce than before and starts to demand payment up front look at 31 so when his fellow servants saw what was done they were very sorry and came and told unto their lord all that was done then his lord after that he had called him said unto him o thou wicked servant i forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow-servant even as i had pity on thee and his lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses if you don't forgive your brother or sister in the lord their trespasses you lose your fellowship with the lord first john chapter one you need to be restored unto fellowship with the lord to get back into fellowship with him but you won't get back into fellowship with him until you have forgiven your brother or sister in the lord he won't necessarily physically torture you but he will send if he chooses to enemies of the church they will buffet you he will send even illnesses upon you if necessary but he wants you to forgive your brother straight away if the brother has sought your forgiveness don't hold grudges because if you are the sort of person that holds a grudge the chances are it is hurting you far more than the person who you are angry with and I've heard of accounts and I've read accounts and I've seen accounts of people that have been hurt they've been scarred by events 25, 35, 40 years ago and they come and they eventually confront the party that has wronged them and the party has turned around and for the most part been oblivious to what has occurred 25, 30, 35, 40 years ago and that grieving scarred party has lived with that all those years what a terrible thing to have to deal with but here God the Father expects you to be willing to forgive your brother at a moment's notice and not to ever hold any grudges